Hi and welcome to Home Education for All, or HEFA for short. At HEFA, we believe that community is the heart of home education, and so that's what we built. We built a community in the UK, helping, supporting and uplifting each other to be the best home educators we can be. And now we're coming to you via this podcast too. Stay tuned for all things home education in the UK via our amazing, experienced, knowledgeable and often hilarious team. We truly believe home education can be for everyone and we hope listening here will give you the confidence or knowledge you need if you've been considering home education. Let's dive in. Hello, my lovely friends. So, this week we are talking about the age old issue of talking to your friends and family about home education. This is arguably one of the most cited questions that we probably get in support groups is, you know. Um, how do you deal with negativity from your family? How do you deal with, you know, your friends' opinions on home ed? Um, how do you not be so defensive about it? And number one, I want to say, be gentle with you as you navigate this, especially if you're new to home education. Now, some of the stuff that comes up quite often when um, people are asking these questions about how how do you deal with you know family and and friends, are some some really mainstay concerns from those people. So um, you know that you must study somewhere that you can't just do nothing that the children will have no friends. What about socialization? That they'll be behind. That they're going to struggle in life. What about GCSEs? What about university or college? You know, they're not going to be able to do any of those things. You can't just play all day. You're not a teacher. These are all really common concerns, worries, anxieties, fears and opinions of those people closest to you. And the first thing that I want to point out to anybody who is struggling with those opinions of their family and friends I want you to reflect on your own thoughts and feelings when you heard about home ed. When you first learned that home ed was an option, what are the thoughts and feelings that you experienced as the person whose parent they are? Yeah. Now reflect on how you might feel if you have never heard of home ed and you have just found out that it is this thing Um, that your family member or your friend has decided to do with their children and you've never even considered the idea of home ed Um, you know so you your first response is likely to be all of those kinds of questions and your response as a parent was likely all of those questions so we actually have common ground with those people who have genuine worries and fears and opinions on our choice to home ed, because we've been there. 
And and so actually, when we view it in that way, we start to recognise that we're not so different, that their opinions, their worries, their fears, they're really similar to the ones you had or maybe you still have. So there's common ground there. And one of the most difficult things when dealing with people who have opposing opinions to you is finding the common ground, right? That's when we get defensive, we get... Um, avoidant of conflict, we um, try to assert or over-assert our opinion or our decision um, and become defensive because effectively we're defending a choice that we have made. But it wasn't so long ago that we were criticising our own thoughts on the choice we were considering making. So that's my first point, is find the common ground with the person. I should probably mention that the first, the actual first thing you should do is work out whether or not their opinion matters. So I like to view this as um, circles of influence. So in your main inner circle, your sacred inner circle, you have got you and your family unit. That's it. You, your children, your partner, um, anyone that is literally in your day-to-day life they are experiencing you know um the the mornings with your children the afternoons the evenings the sleepless nights the um trying to get them to school when they were in school those people are in your sacred circle if there are people in that circle that have really strong opinions then that's really important for you guys to work together, to work out the common ground, to work out what your fears, you know, to be really honest with each other. And it's really hard to be honest with somebody that you almost want to try and convince to agree with you. Um, Because we tend to then jump to all of the positives instead of agreeing with them that you have also considered those negatives, that you're worried about, you know, that they might end up behind their peers. You're worried about GCSEs when that comes to it because home editors have to pay for it. How are we going to, you know, find that money? But actually, when I consider that, my child is six and they don't have to take GCSEs until much older or not at all if they if they don't want to. So the first step is to look at who's in your immediate sacred circle. And that is and I have to be really clear, and this is this is about boundaries. Only people who live with you are in your sacred circle because they are the only people that genuinely experience the day to day struggles. Um, and even then, if, for example, like me, you have um, a partner who goes out at, you know, five, six o'clock in the morning and is home at seven, eight o'clock in the evening, they miss a huge chunk of any of the daily struggles. Yeah. So if you think about it that way, the people who actually live with you might not have a good understanding of how difficult and challenging stuff is for your child and your children, let alone people on the next level out. So the next level out on my circle of influence is um, family members, immediate family members, people who you spend a lot of time with, your children spend a lot of time with, Um, grandparents, cousins, aunts and uncles, um, those kinds of family members. 
You can also extend that to friends if they are in the same kind of uh, space as, as those kinds of family members. So you might have um, a neighbour who is very much like an auntie to the children. I don't know about you, but I grew up in the 80s when everybody was your auntie. You know, the lady across the road who looked after you occasionally, she was your auntie and your mum's best friend was your auntie. And it was really confusing. So apply that to the next circle out. These people have less understanding. They'll understand to an extent, but they'll have less understanding of what happens in your daily lives. So their opinions, their worries, their fears are probably going to be higher than people who live in your home. And that's because they don't see and are effectively blind or ignorant to the issues that you have experienced as a family unit the um, research and the the deep reflection you've gone through um, on your own thoughts and feelings around considering home ed. Because what happens is you don't tell them you're considering home ed because you're worried about their reaction. So you just tell them when you've done it, I, I'm, we're home edding now, we've decided to home ed and I don't want to hear anything negative about it. I just want good thoughts, good vibes, please. You're not You're not being fair to those people. They're not in your life on a 24-7 basis, so they have no idea what's led to this. And we're very good at, at our subjective view of things. So quite often, you know, I'll find my I'll catch myself saying, how did that person not realise how much of a struggle things have been this week or something like that? Well, of course they don't realise. They're not in your house viewing it and experiencing it with you. So unless we communicate really, really um, openly with people outside of our sacred circle, they are going to be shocked. They are going to have questions. And those people do matter. You know, the, the opinions, the thoughts, the worries, the support that those people on the next circle out from your sacred circle, they do matter. So we do want to approach them in a different way. We move out to the next circle and the next circle is um, kind of like um, friends who you stay in touch with, but you're not like in each other's lives a lot. Um, you've got people whose opinion um, has an influence. So, for example, the um, the GP or the health visitor or a midwife or <coughs> your child's consultant at, um, at a if they if they're under a consultant these people are on the third circle out and these people have very little idea about what goes on in your life and the decisions that you know the the reasons you've reached the decision you have and those people also have the highest influence of external factors telling them what home ed is about and um you know what's dangerous about it what's worrying about it because they often tend to um, those people especially if they're professionals they tend to have a professional interest which is to say that they will be told um, by the media by um, keeping involved in any journals that come up and things like that that home education is a risk to children um, and we know that it's not but we have to understand their side of things that they are going to be uneducated on it. 
unless they homemade their own children, they might have never heard of it. They might not realise that it's something you can legally do. They might feel that you're only supposed to do it if your child is struggling with something instead of it being a positive choice. So we've got to think in terms of these three circles of influence um, as to how we approach each circle. And then we've got everyone else outside those three circles. Those people require a very, very different response. I call it the smile and nod response because their opinion has no influence on your family. Um, You can't influence them. They're a stranger. You've just met them in the street. Um, You know, you might influence them for a second and that's it. Um, You know, we do we do have the analogy of, you know, um, throwing a stone in, in a lake and the ripples that roll out from that. But the further out that we go from that stone dropping, um, the the calmer the ripples and the less um, they they make changes. Right. So the first thing when thinking about how to deal with friends and family is to think about where they sit in your circles of influence. How much influence do they have on your life? How much influence do you have on their lives? And um, how important is it to you that um, you can you can communicate about home ed with them? So people in your immediate sacred circle, those are people who live in your house. The next circle out is friends and families that you're really close with, you see regularly, Um, and you know, they support you, you support them, all of those kinds of things. The next one out tends to be kind of acquaintances. Um, you know, if you, uh, used to be, um, used to have kids go to school, then they might be school mums that you see in the, in the, um, playground, um, and professionals. So again, they still have some influence and you have some influence over them, um, especially professionals. Um, and then we have on the outside of all of that is, um, you know, absolutely everybody else who has absolutely zero to do with your family. So when we're dealing immediate with our immediate, um, circle, you know, your, your people who live with you, it's important to be really open and honest about your fears, your worries, your concerns, and, to hear their worries and concerns and fears and to work together to kind of decide whether those are valid um, or whether those are conditioned responses because we're doing something very different to what society tells us is the norm. Um, You won't necessarily agree. My husband and I didn't agree on home education. We did a podcast um, last time on his views around home education and his reluctance. Um, and we we got to an impasse where um, essentially I said, you're out of the house from six in the morning until eight in the evening. Um, I'm the person dealing with the children, the school, the hospital appointments, the medical staff. You know, I'm, I'm the person dealing with absolutely all of this stuff. Um, And I think it's time for you to just trust me that I have done my due diligence. I have researched this to within an inch of its life 
and I'm ready to take the leap and see how it works out for us. And I need your support with that, but I don't need, don't necessarily need your input right now. So what we agreed was that he would trust me to crack on with home ed and he would take a step back and just be able to observe it happening so that he could gain a better understanding of how it works in practice because he couldn't see how it could work for our family. Um, we have we have a family with an alphabet soup of, of different disabilities, medical needs, um, neurodivergencies, and it's it's a lot. So he couldn't see how that could work. And so me saying, trust me to do it. I'm not asking you to become involved in it right now. I'm just asking you to take a step back. Trust me as the person who does the majority of the um, the child rearing and the child caring in the first place. Um, and just withhold your judgment for a little while and, and then we'll we'll come back to it. We'll circle back to it. Right. And that was perfect for us um, because otherwise we would have just kept banging heads on um, things that we were talking about that weren't even a reality for, you know, 10 years in the future for a six year old. Um, we were getting ahead of ourselves and worrying about all of these things that like we hadn't even uh, realised were a thing we needed to worry about. So when it came to the next circle out, our friends and family, I knew that some of my family would be really supportive um, and that some of our family would not be. And that was okay because as somebody who never considered home ed an option, um, didn't want to home ed, didn't, you know, have any understanding of why any parent would want to have their children around them 24-7, I completely could understand and empathise with their reluctance around accepting that we were home ed. And that's where we found the common ground, right? We found the common ground of, oh my God, yeah, I know, I can't believe I'm doing it either. Like, what? What am I doing? Um, you know, we found the common common ground there. And then as I became more confident um, and took time to, you know, more deeply understand our home and start to de-school myself, all of those kinds of things. Um, we just now don't talk about home ed at all with those family members. It's just not something that comes up in conversation. Um, and and so it's not an issue with family members who were more vocal about their concerns. Um, I I literally had an open conversation with them. They said something to me, you know, well, what about, you know, um, you know, friends and you know, surely they need to be around, you know, children their own age and, and things like that. And, you know, I I asked them to reflect on that. You know, is, is that something that is, you know, because they were a childminder, so they had um, various different uh, qualifications in child development. And I said, you know, in a setting, in your setting, um, you know, do you only have children who are two and three? And you refuse to accept children who are older or younger? Or do you find that actually having a, a good age range mix is actually better for the development of the child? And and they were like, oh, my God, yes, yes, it is better. And I've 
and and by us having that open conversation and me asking them questions rather than me uh, getting defensive and pushing my opinion I asked them questions what do you think about this what solution would you come up with for that um you know I'm worried about that too what what do you think of that and it allowed them to come to their own conclusions while still being okay with their own beliefs on it. So for my family, it's okay that we're doing this. And you're, because of the way that I approached it, instead of getting defensive, I asked them open questions back. It enabled them to not feel that I was judging their own choices um, because Home ed isn't just an educational choice, it's a parental choice, yeah? And when, you know, we're talking about something that's vastly different from the norm, it brings up a lot of stuff around our own parental choices and it can be really uncomfortable. So recognising that your friend or your family member is definitely asking questions or stating their opinions from a place of fear But that fear might not be necessarily for your own children or for you. It might be in projection of feeling judged for their own choices. I have friends that who, you know, their children really struggle in school and they know because they're friends with me that home ed is an option and they are not able to make that choice for whatever reason. And those reasons are completely valid for them. But it does you know, we do have open conversations where um, it's it has to be made clear that, you know, there is no judgment there. There's no, um, you know, well, if I can do it, you can do it. Why are you not doing it? Because <coughs> everybody's situations are different. But that's what often friends, um, when friends come at you with these concerns, these worries, these fears, it's it's not because they're necessarily genuinely worried about that for you. It's number one, because they've been conditioned to believe that. And it's up to them whether they choose to look into that conditioning. They don't have to. They're not home edders, right? Um, but number two, it's also that they're projecting how they're feeling. They're feeling judged for their own parental choices of keeping their children in school And so that comes out as a defensive, you know, well, your child, you know, will be behind and they won't have any friends and they won't go to college and they'll struggle in life, whereas mine won't. And it's in defense of their choice to maintain their status quo. So by approaching that with compassion and understanding that, you know, actually, it's really tough hearing that your friend is doing something vastly different to you. And you thought you were in this together because you've both got children that struggle in school and you get to chat about that and moan about that with each other. And there's a common ground there. And suddenly you've swept the you know, carpet out from underneath them. You've gone, I'm going to do it a different way, actually. And they're like, whoa, hang on a minute. I don't want to come with you, but I feel like you've just knocked me off my feet. And now I feel like I've lost my my comrade, my you know, my sister in arms against, you know, the the Senko at the school. So it's understandable that they feel the way that they do. And when we can 
approach these different circles of friends and family and, and professionals from a space of understanding why they might be where they're at, we can better um, advocate for home ed or simply ask them questions to consider. And there's still a lot of emotional um, baggage involved in this circle, right? We've got our immediate family circle, um, you know, those we live with. And the next circle out is the, you know, some of the people most important to us. So we're going to want to take that time to reflect on where they might be coming from and why. Reflect on where we were when we first home found out about home ed. And also consider that they might be projecting their own um you know, feelings of judgment based on the decision you've made for your children. So when we can approach it from that perspective, we find that we don't need to be defensive. We can be open about it. We can um, find that common ground of, oh, my God, yes, I felt like that as well. You know, I was worried or I am worried that they're going to be behind. But actually, you know, I've I've recently learned that that whole behind thing is a, is a school-based thing. Um, and, you know, that, and, and you can kind of explore that, but from a place of, yes, I felt that way too. And it dissolves and dissipates so much of the tension and conflict that could happen. Now, there are family members who, no matter what you do, will not agree um, and will feel really, really strongly that you're doing something extremely wrong. And and you have to be okay with not them not being okay with you home edding. You have to reach a point where you say, do you know what? I love you and thank you. I know you're worried about this, um, but it just really upsets me when we talk about it um, because I don't feel like you're able to hear what I'm trying to say. Um, so, you know, your friendship, your fam, your your connection to me is really important. So can we just take home ed off the table and just not talk about that? Um, and maybe we can come back to a reconsideration around that at a later point. But right now, I'm really vulnerable. I'm new to home ed. I have my own wobbles and worries. And me and you talking about that is not helping me to do my best for the kids and leave it at that. And once you've had that conversation, it can be really, really scary and you can feel really shaky and all that adrenaline. But once you've had that conversation, you can just stick to that boundary. If they start asking about home ed, you say, remember, we're, we're not doing talking about home ed um, and then change the subject. With the furthest out circle, the um, the kind of acquaintances and professionals um, this is where it can be fun if you're able to do some education. So with professionals, I would always recommend that you, if you've got an appointment to go to, um, I would always recommend that you print out the um, the home ed guidelines for local authorities in particular. Um, the reason for that is it's written in um, more professional speak than the parental copy and it has um, more about the safeguarding and and things like that I would always recommend you have a copy of that in your bag um, and that you maybe have a post-it note with the link to it written down um, or that you're able to 
easily email that to the professional so that you can say to them, you know, actually, this is what home ed is about. Um, you know, this appointment is about so-and-so's dietary needs. So actually, I don't really feel it's the best use of our time to talk about home ed as much um, because, you know, this thing's really important this medical thing I've actually come to you for. But here's a copy of the Home Ed Guidelines for you to have a look at. Or here's the link to the Home Ed Guidelines. Um, and by doing that, you're not saying, I'm not discussing it with you because blah, blah, blah. You're saying the appointment is actually for this. So that's what we're going to discuss. But here's something you can look at later. Okay. Um, some professionals are like um, a dog with a bone when it comes to home education. They often have very, very extreme views about it. And a lot of that is because of their professional um, capacity. All people who work with children have um, this higher capacity for um, care of the child, for safeguarding, general safeguarding and anything outside of the norm they have been taught to view with suspicion and concern. When we recognise that that's where they're coming from, we can help them to have a different view of home education. And we're not going to do that by going, you know, it's not your it's not your remit to talk to me about home education. I refuse. It's about us gently reinforcing the boundaries of this is the reason I'm here for this appointment. Home ed isn't related to that, but thank you. Home ed's going wonderfully. The children really enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. Here's some information about it you can look at later. You're welcome to email me if you have any questions after that. Yeah. When it comes to acquaintances, there's two ways. You either smile and nod or go, yeah, we're really happy with our decision. Thanks. Change the subject. Um, these people might have a, a a genuine interest. If they do, um, you'll get a feel for that over time. But as a new home editor, if the opinion of the person isn't something that you need to worry about, then don't worry about trying to change their mind or trying to help them to understand better. And for everybody else for the cashier in the shop, for the man walking down the road saying, oh, no school today, um, for the random person who at the park says, you know, why are you bringing your kids to the park? I've had this. Why are you bringing your kids to the park when they're clearly ill because they're not at school? Yeah. Um, for those kinds of people, smile and nod. Um. I'm the kind of sadistic person who likes to sometimes pretend that um, I'm not aware that they can see my children. Um, that's always fun. So um, I did have somebody kind of come up to me and say something. I can't remember what it was. Like my kids are really flappy. They're they're autistic, ADHD and various things going on. And um, they can be very flappy and loud. And uh, I think this lady tutted or something and said something um, outrageously rude. And um, I just looked at her dead in the face and went, oh, my God, can you see them too? And then walked off. Um, these are the kinds of things that I do because it's funny 
and it's a way for me to diffuse the anger and rage that I'm feeling within myself at the time. Um, there are other times that I feel really, really upset um, and that's really normal. It's really normal to feel upset by the behaviours of strangers. Anyone who drives a car and gets cut up by a complete stranger knows that feeling. It's exactly the same as the feeling you get when someone gives you unsolicited advice, guidance or their opinion on your decision to home educate your children. Um, their opinion doesn't matter. It's about recognising and viewing where the person sits in your circles of influence, how much influence they have over yours and your child's life, how much influence you have on them, how much support they give you. Um, all of that denotes what level of... Um, I'm trying to say it without swearing. Um, what level of care you can give um, to that and therefore how you're going to approach the situation. It's okay to not want to educate everyone on home education. But the reason that we get burnt out on trying to educate people on home education is because we're giving too many sods to the people who don't actually matter. So if we work with the people who are genuinely someone that we have an influence over and they have an influence over us, work with those people in an open and understanding, compassionate way and the ripples move out from them. If you're feeling particularly able to educate somebody on the street, then absolutely but it's not, you have permission. You have permission to not have to educate every single person on why home ed is okay and it's not illegal. And yes, my children do not live in a cupboard. And yes, they, they don't just do nothing, but they do play a lot um, and, and play is learning. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to do that with every single person. Do a quick assessment in your head. Where do they sit in my circles? Are they in my immediate sacred circle? Do they live with me? No. Okay. Are they in the next circle out? Oh, no, they're not my friends, immediate friends and family. Are they in the next circle out? Oh, yeah, they are. They're a professional or they're an acquaintance. Um, so let's have a look at the context in which they're asking about home ed. Is it relevant to the conversation we're having right now? If not, Let's redirect back to the conversation we're supposed to be having and give them the opportunity to learn more about home ed via links or paperwork or something like that. And if they're in the everyone else sector, smile, nod, wave, walk away. So that's my advice and guidance for dealing with friends and family. It is natural to feel defensive it is natural to worry about what your family and friends are going to say because you care about them and their opinions and their experiences, their help, their support. And it's OK for you to recognise that you're worried about that. Tell them that you're you've, you've been worried about how to address it with them. Be honest with them about your own, you know, reflections and thoughts and feelings around home ed. Imagine how you would feel if, you know, or how you did feel when you first found out about home ed, 
me personally, I was like, what? Like anyone can do home ed? Surely that's not okay. Like, you know, I was really judgmental and I was really judgmental because I was judging myself for the decisions that I had not been able to make for my own children. I was feeling guilty. You know, one of my children didn't come out of school until they were 11. They were in secondary school by then and they had struggled from, you know, nursery onwards. And I felt immense pain and, and guilt and shame around not doing it differently for that child. And so I projected that. Absolutely, that's what we do as human beings. It's a very normal um, response to things that we're uncomfortable with. We try to avoid, we try to confront the different choice with how it's not going to work. And the reason we're doing that is usually not about the person that we're doing it to. It's usually about our own thoughts and feelings on our own parental choices. Recognising that means we can meet those people with compassion and understanding, find common ground and then have real, honest conversations about it. I hope this has been helpful for you and we will see you next time for another Heifer podcast.